0: We will be studying the Gospel of John, starting today. So if you know anything about studying an entire Gospel together, it's going to take some time. So I want to go through the Gospel systematically each Sunday and touch upon some very relevant theme. And it may take us about a year. Is that all right for us to take about a year to study the Gospel? 우리가 어느 복음서를 공부해도 어, 정말 전체적으로 우리가 깊이 공부를 한다면 어, 오랜 시간이 걸립니다. 그래서 그걸 각오해야 하기 때문에 어, 그렇지만 동시에 여러분이 복음서를 제대로 공부하면 예수님의 생애에 대해서 알게 되고, 특별히 예수님의 십자가의 죽음, 그의 부활, 그 전체적인 그 픽처이 얼마큼 정도 그려집니다. But I have chosen for uh, this series um, the Gospel according to John. And I will start today with the prologue. 서원으로부터, uh, now, what we see in chapter 1, verses 1 to 18, that is the prologue of John, is a major Theme of Logos. Uh, this is a, a, a Greek term. Uh, you might have noticed if you've been attending our church for quite some time that I tend to use the original languages once in a while Greek, Hebrew, and sometimes theological language of Latin. I will try not to use Spanish or French, anything like that, Russian. But I will use these original languages because if we can understand a little bit as to the context and the meaning and the background, then it will really, really help you. But you don't need to be afraid at all because I'm going to make it very easy for you so that you can understand it. And then you'll also feel very sharp, smart, scholarly, and maybe even spiritual. If that's what you need to be. But I, I am not teaching this because I'm a, a theologian or simply because I teach at a seminary. I'm teaching it because it is necessary for us to understand the original context and the meaning. So today we're going to be talking about logos, which is defined in English as word, word, 말씀. Now we see in the very first verse of this prologue, the term Logos being mentioned three times. Shall we see that? Chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, that's Logos, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And one other time is mentioned in verse 14, and he says the Word became flesh. Word, Logos, is very, very important. Two things I want to say about the Logos. First of all, we're going to understand that the Logos that uh, Apostle John is talking about has to do with the eternal pre-existent being. Uh, I know that sounds very heavy, but when I say eternal, you know that this is not a temporary or just a, a physical manifestation We see that he was there all into eternity. Now, what is eternity? Have you ever thought about what eternity is? 영원이라는 개념이 무엇일까요? 한번 생각해 보신 적 있으세요? 영원. Is it a time factor? A lot of people think eternity has to do with time. So eternity past means infinity time into the past. Eternity into the future is into the future. Time. So we, we put it on this lineal continuum and we say this is the present and eternity past is infinite backward and infinity future is infinite forward. Is that the way we should define eternity? I don't think so. I think Augustine was the one who gave us the idea that eternity should be understood in terms of dimension. Dimension. Not only in terms of time, but dimension. Because what is the impression that you have about God when I say God is eternal? 하나님은 영원하신 분입니다. 그러면 어떤 그림이 그려집니까? God is eternal. He goes way back. They're probably thinking about this very aged individual with white hair and big Long beard, like oh man, he's getting longer and no, longer. He's getting—he's so old, <laughs> you know. But Augustine was talking about dimension, dimension that is totally transcendent of the dimension that we are living in. Augustine is 차원적인 차이를 말하는 거예요 차원. dimensional difference. 그렇기 때문에 eternity according to Augustine is we may be right here, but eternity is. There and beyond somewhere at the same time. Of course, in terms of time, it goes back and it goes forward, but it does more than that. It transcends this dimension, this present dimension, this material, physical, world dimension. And so, this Logos is eternal, 영원하시고, and he is preexistent, 선지하신 분이라는 and he is instrumental in bringing forth the creation in verses 1 and 3 it says in the beginning was the word and later on he says through him all things were made it was he who was there from the very beginning he's the one who created the world 태초에 말씀이 있었는데 그 말씀이 바로 온 세상을 창조하신 분이라는 것입니다. And then, another side of this Logos is this. This very word is the incarnated word. That eternal one, that pre-existent one, He came into this world, into this dimension, and took on a body, and He became incarnate. 그 영원하신 분. 그 선지하신 분, 이분이 우리 세상을 침투하고 우리 세상에 오셔서 육신을 입으셨다는 거예요. And when we talk about the incarnate logos, we are actually talking about His work of redemption. In verse 14, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. In verse 14, 말씀이 육신이 되어 우리 가운데. So today, I want to talk about the very nature of Jesus Christ as the divine Logos. Uh, we forgot to read the scripture, didn't we? Okay, I, I think we should go back and read the scripture that's relevant for today. Verses 1 and 2. Shall we read this out loud together in English? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. 태초에 말씀이 계시니라 이 말씀이 하나님과 함께 계셨으니 이 말씀은 곧 하나님이시니라 그가 태초에 하나님과 함께 계셨고 이 짧은 이이 텍스트를 가지고 제가 오늘 좀 깊이 그러나 심플하게 풀어드리고자 합니다. Three things I want to talk about or share about logos. First of all, I want to talk a little bit about his eternal nature, eternal nature. Why this is so important? Why is John advocating the eternal nature of the Logos or the Word? And I believe the reason he's doing that is he's trying to distinguish this eternal one, the Logos, from the rest of the creation. We should not be confused with rest of the creation when we're talking about Logos. This is what John is saying. Let's begin with the first verse. In the beginning was the word. Keshina. Does that sound familiar? Have you heard something very similar to that? 대처에. In the beginning. Yes, we go all the way back to Genesis, the first book of the Bible, to the very first verse. And we see it's stating, in the beginning, God created I don't know whether you are of critical mind, but I get very critical about the people of the world that in order to deny the existence of God or deny the true divinity of Christ, they will go to lengths to, to a force fit. The data, or force interpret the text. 여러분 세상 사람들은 예수님을 부정하기 위해서 하나님의 그 임재를 부정하기 위해서 어디까지 가냐 하면 텍스트가 뻔한데고 너무 아비야산대도 불구하고 이거를 끼어 맞춰서 force fit 하는 해석을 할 때가 있습니다. 예를 자면 look at this. In the beginning was the Word. So there are scholars, critical scholars, who are critical of the truth of the Word of God. They would say, look at this. In the beginning was the Word. So the Word itself had a beginning. In the beginning, Word. That's the beginning of the Word. Is that what he's saying? And they would go all the way back to Genesis 1 and say, in the beginning, God. See, God had a beginning. Perhaps with Big Bang, boom, God came into existence. God came into consciousness. How foolish is that? It's obvious that when he says, in the beginning was the word, word was already present even at the beginning. The beginning is referring not to the word, but the beginning is referring to rest of the world that is going to be birthed out of Big Bang or beginning of creation. Hallelujah. So, in the beginning, the Word was already there. As a matter of fact, it is the Word of the Logos that brought everything into existence. And so, everything of created order has a beginning. You and I, we all had a beginning. How many of you believe that maybe you are simply a reincarnation of of some presence in the past, okay? You know, Hindu concept has that. I'm just a reincarnation. I had a past life, yes. I just can't remember how it was. The Neoplatonic philosophy also says we had an ideal self up there and somehow I descended down to this level and I'm living like this, but I need to find my way back home where I came from. We don't want to admit that we are limited and we had a beginning and that we're going to have an end, so to speak. That we're going to all die. But the fact of the matter is everything in this whole creation has a beginning and the end. How do I know that? Life experience clearly shows me everything breaks down. People die. Things break down, cars break down. I couldn't believe it. Was it yesterday or the day before yesterday? I was, we just returned from Incheon uh, with my wife. And we, you know, now I would, took the car to uh, get the other car repaired. And after checking all that out, I had some leisure time, so I decided to go to a market. And right as I drove into the parking lot of the market, my wheel completely collapses on me. I, I don't know the technical part, but the, the axle, that, the bolt, it just dropped out and bang, it collapsed. And so I took a picture of that and sent it to my wife. And the wheel is like this. Wheel should be like this. Wheel is like this. And I'm collapsed. And I don't know what to do with this. I said, why does it have to break down? Why did it break down? The other day, our uh, microwave range broke down. And my wife asked that deep philosophical question. Why? Why do things break down? I thought this was guaranteed for decades. Things break down. Even people break down. Even the universe will run out someday if it's left on its own. That's what created order of things are by nature. Only one who is eternal, only one who transcends all that is of Alpha and Omega, is God. And that's why he's the creator. That's why he's the author of all creation. So when we're talking about in the beginning, it includes everything else except the word except God. Now, I will talk about the relationship between the Word and God in a few minutes, but I want to say this. Now, why is John starting out like this? He says, in the beginning was the Word. Why, why is he saying that? And what is he trying to get at? Could you repeat after me? The word is hidden in eternity. Yeah, that's why we don't have the concept of eternity. It's very hard to understand eternity because we don't see it in an everyday situation. We see the temporal situation. 예 속해 있기 때문에 영혼이라는 상태를 영혼이라는 차이를 이해하기가 너무나 너무나 힘든 거예요. 그리고 그 영혼에 속하신 분 영혼이신 분은 숨겨져 있어요. He's hidden. So what John is saying is that this hidden one the eternal one is appearing to us. 우리에게 나타나신다는 거예요. 어떻게 does Two ways. First of all, by revelation through his creative activities as the Creator. So if you want to understand the invisible, eternal God, then look at the His creation And that itself His creation is that is Look at everything around you. And according to the book of Romans in the first chapter, all of these are indicators or signifiers of the eternal nature of God. Second way, more specifically, is through the incarnation that His activity as the Redeemer is known. 그의 성육신으로 그의 구속적 사역이 밝혀진다. 이두 우리가 알 수가 있어요. 통해서 창조, I know all of you are sitting here with me we't didn't, we didn't sign up for a seminary class but we feel like we're in a lecture hall yeah you have to bear with me for a moment I, I I tell you every preacher when they get to this part when they start off with this part it gets technical you cannot bypass this how can you how can you Interpret In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In the beginning, he was with God. How can you lightly treat that? How can you superficially interpret that? There's no way. I'm trying my very best to share with you this concept of the word in a simple way, but it may sound very heavy to you. But just bear with me. It's not going to be every Sunday like this. (laughs) Don't make up your mind whether you will come to church next Sunday or not based upon this. (laughs) Because there's a lot of messages and topics that we'll be dealing with in the Gospel of John. That's going to be so much more relevant to you. But even this is going to be relevant to you. That's what I want to show you. How relevant it will be at the end of the message. Okay. So the first thing I want to say is uh, that the word or the Logos is eternal in nature in order to distinguish him from the rest of the creation, that he is the creator. He's the one who brought everything into their beginning. And he's the one who's going to bring everything to their end or closure. He's the author of all creation. He's the that's why he's known as Alpha and Omega of all things. Second thing I want to talk about in uh, the Logos or the word is that. He is divine in nature. In other words, he is God. In the beginning, God in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, Logos in John 1.1. That the Logos is God. But having said that, I want to qualify by saying, but he is in some way distinct from God, the Father. Because all throughout the John, he's talking about the Father, 아버지, 나의 아버지가 나를 보내셨다. 나의 아버지께 내가 돌린다. 나의 아버지. He's always talking about the Father. But the Father is God. Now here, we will discover that even Jesus is God. Let's go back to verse 1. And the second phrase is this. And the word was with God. And the word was God. 이 말씀이 하나님과 함께 계셨으니 이 말씀은 곧 Now this is kind of confusing. And we're going to do a little bit of logic. Okay? Very simple logic. I think even children, I can teach this to even children, and they'll see the logical Dilemma here. If the term says, if the phrase says the word was with God, then the word must be distinguished from God. Word is different from God. Okay? Then how can we, in the second phrase, say that the word was God? Is he God or is he not? 하나님이냐 <laughs> 아니냐? Have you ever scratched your head when you came to this text? Or you just passed by real quickly when you come to this kind of point. like, oh, let's just go on to good part where I can, uh, it'll be relevant for me and my spiritual life. Ah, this one, let's leave it to the philosophers and the theologians. But I, I scratch my head about this because you know what? The Muslims think that we are fanatics. They think we're crazy. They think we're insane. To to say that we believe in one God, and then we say Jesus is also God. If the Father is God, Jesus' Son is God, then for the Muslims, it's like you believe in two gods. And then you say the Holy Spirit is God, you believe in three gods. Your That's heresy. And most Christians would not know how to respond to that. 우리가 유일신론을 주장하죠. 그렇지만 동시에 예수님도 하나님이시다. 그럴 때 어떻게 되는 거예요? 성령님도 하나님이시다. 하나님은 성부 성자 성령이시다. What do you make of this. That's why you need to know the original language a little bit, because in the original language, the term for God is theos. Could you repeat that for me, theos? Theos. And usually, when theos is spoken of, there is a definite article to this. 어떤 정관사가 붙어 있어요. 이그 정관사. 그래서 usually. Okay? Interesting thing is, this phrase and the word was with God, the first God, first Deus, there is a definite article. But in the second, the word was God, there is no definite article. And you know the scholars. Have been baffled over this. They, was, they were wondering, why, why the difference? I think John is trying to make a very, very clear point. He's saying that the word was with God. And this God is obviously the Father. 아버지란 말이에요. 하나님 아버지란 말이에요. 하나님 아버지와 로고스인 예수 그리스도는 함께 하셨다는 거예요. 근데 여기 와서는 the word was God 이 God, 이 때와서는 그 하나님 아버지를 의미하는 게 아니란 말이야 예수님이 어떤 면에 있어서는 God란 말이야 In other words, Jesus is in another sense God Just like the Father But he needs to be distinguished from the Father Now all of you are like Oh my God, this is like I didn't come here to do mathematics Listen 난 여러분이 공부를 하셨는지 모르겠지만 대학 시절 때이 양자 물리학이나 physics, I'm sure you touched upon that to a degree. When I was going to college, long time ago, they barely touched upon that. That wasn't developed. That concept wasn't developed. Cosmology wasn't developed like the way it is now. But one thing that I learned long ago is even Einstein's Formula, E equals mc squared, talking about the relationship between energy and matter. Basically, the formula says that we can convert energy to matter and matter to energy, vice versa. We can think about these two things, which seems illogical to the people long ago, but today the modern science clearly says we can talk about paradoxical, theory. 우리가 통합시킬 수가 있는 그 시대에 우리가 살고 있다는 거예요. 현대 과학이 그렇게 가르쳐줘요. Is it energy or is it matter? Is it particle or is it wave? And the correct answer is what? Both. 그렇다면 하나님은 하나이시냐, 셋이냐 할때 어떻게 여러분 답하시겠어요? Is God one or three? Both. I guess the question is, in what sense is God one, and in what sense is God three, right? So when we talk about God or divinity, his very nature that transcends all that is of created order, he's divine, we say it's one. There's only one divinity, one God. We never say three gods. But the scholars, especially in the 3rd and 4th century, in the 4th century, it got finalized. The early church fathers formulated the doctrine of Trinity. First of all, it was doctrine of Trinity, I guess, by, by, uh, what is it? by unity, saying that God is one but in two persons. Father and Son. Later on, they added the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three persons. They used the term person. In Greek, the term is uh, hypostasis. Now, we don't need to go there. This is a Sunday worship service for just common lay folks like you guys. You know, This is not a seminary lecture hall. But when I teach Trinity, and sometimes I teach a whole course on Trinity, we get into technical matters like quantum physics or studying cosmology. We study that. And they'll get fascinated by this. Don't worry about that right now. Just trust me. Trust your pastors who are Orthodox and Evangelical. Trust the evidence of the Word of God when He says that Jesus is divine. Okay? And somehow the relationship with God the Father and Jesus. God the Holy Spirit and Jesus the Son is there. That's all you need to believe, even though it is paradoxical. According to John, he talks about in many ways the divinity of Christ. First of all, we see this series of I am statements. 나는, 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 계속 반복해서 예수님이 uh, 이렇게 자칭하는 것을 우리가 보게 돼요. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. And you know, the I am statement is actually a code word for divinity. It's equivalent to Yahweh in the Old Testament. Did you know that? Now, I'm not going to go in there either. Today, I'm bypassing a lot of stuff. Brush them aside. But you got to trust me. Now, if you don't believe me and you're skeptical about what I'm saying, just go into the Internet or get a typical theological handbook and start reading for yourself. And you'll discover that I am not a con artist here. I'm not trying to just con you and just kind of fake it out. No, I am not. I want to lead you somewhere. Another text that's very important is at the end of the prologue in verse 18. No one has ever seen God but the God, the one and only begotten who is in the Father's bosom. It's obvious that verse 18 is related to verse 1, talking about the Word being God. And in chapter 20, verse 2, near the end of the gospel, we see Thomas, the doubting Thomas, the skeptical Thomas, making this confession, my Lord and my God to Jesus. It's obvious that John is talking about the divinity of the Logos. Amen. My wife just gave me an indication that my time is up. So, perhaps you guys are contemplating whether you should come next Sunday or not. And I would suggest that you do because Today, if it was theoretical and very philosophical, then next week, which is the concluding part of this original message, is the one that's going to put some spark in your soul. I really believe so. I, I don't want to miss this, but uh, our director says, stop. <laughs> what can I do? I am sorry. You know, that's the way we decided we're going to work at this church. I mean, I would love to finish it and force it on you and impact you in one way. But it's, it's the third part that's the important thing. It's the third part that's the important Let me just give you the, uh, the, the title or the topic. Intimate nature of the word or logos in communion with God the Father. 말씀의 친밀함, 하나님 교제. And I take off on this text. And the word was with God. 이 하나님과 함께 계셨으니 And in verse 2, it repeats and says, He was with God in the beginning. What does it mean to be with God? And this with is a proposition prose. And if you don't know what prose indicates, then you're not going to be able to find out how blessed this theme or this message will be. So I will share with you that concept. Oh, don't show this, please. Oh, no, no. So we're giving, giving it away. We don't want to do that. Okay. Yes. So this is like the, uh, the sequel for this message. Bless you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a mystery it is. What a grand mystery it is, Lord. The scientists are intrigued by the subatomic levels and uh, uh, they're intrigued by the... Uh, what, what integrates all that's happening at the microcosmic level. And they're awed by the macrocosmic, the cosmology uh, picture that is being developed through modern science. But Lord, what they do not understand is that the one who created all that is a microcosm and macrocosm and the whole universe is the Logos the Word of God, the Son of God, the divine, eternal one, preexistent one who became incarnate for our sake. Lord, teach us what this is about. I know that this is a heavy theology and I hate to do this, Lord, when I'm just trying to be just seeker-friendly to people. But Lord, we are seeking the truth and we cannot avoid the depth and profundity of the theological implications of the Logos. So, Father, I pray that next week I can cap it off and and really talk about the relevance of the Logos for our lives, how it is essential, how it is crucial, how it can spark a genuine spiritual revival in our hearts. Show us, Lord, how that can be. But thank you, Lord, for this opportunity for me to share this very complex and difficult subject with our good people, Lord. Bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Now would you all stand and I will.